Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. And with us today from New South Wales is our guest, Kerry Phipps. As a special gift to all our listeners, pop along to www.excellencepodcast.com. That's excellencepodcast.com and download your free 48-page ebook called Building Excellence, Ideas to Help You on Your Journey to Creating Excellence in Your Business and Your Life. So welcome, Kerry, author, speaker, coach, um, all-round good guy. Delighted to have you here with us today. Thank you, Lindsay. It's great to be here connecting with you guys across the country. It's uh, good old technology. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, Love it. Kerry, you you and I uh, work in almost the same field, I guess. You've written a book called Do Talk to Strangers. And, you know, I do a lot of work with relationships and teaching people how to how to get on board with others. So tell us a little about this book and the premise of the book. I love this. Um, share, share with our audience. Thanks, Lindsay. Well, when I was writing the book, initially it didn't have such a disruptive title, as people have said, or, you know, such a confronting title as Do Talk to Strangers. But so many people were saying, oh, my parents told me don't talk to strangers. And in fact, every country that I've spoken in, people tell me that (laughs) that's kind of how they grew up. That's their country. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of pretty global. (laughs) Um, But I I wasn't brought up like that to start with. Like my parents, I guess growing up in a country town on a farm, you have to talk to strangers. You welcome people because somebody could be broken down on the side of the road or, you know, there's just such a sense of community and and connecting with people. And, you know, there was a safety in that because we weren't alone with strangers. So there wasn't the same kind of fear. But it was actually proposed to me when I was in Port Hedland that I called the book I was working on Do Talk to Strangers and uh, David Hooper, who's an artist, had drawn a potential book cover and called it don't and then crossed out the nt circled the do uh, but the artwork just didn't work because people still read don't <laughs> and even now when they look at the cover that's like so clearly do talk to strangers they still say oh don't talk to strangers until they read the subtitle how to connect with anyone anywhere that they go back and go oh do uh, but i i really wrote this because people were asking me about all the stories that i would tell as you do when you travel or you just start telling people about somebody you met and they would say, but how do you meet these people? Because I do meet really cool people like yourselves. And I just, you know, found joy in the conversation and it's fascinating to make the connections. And so it was a lot of friends asking me and uh, challenging me to put it in a book and to create a teachable framework and, I probably had several conversations with different people before I really got what they meant <laughs> and took the time to work out what is it, how is it that we connect, that we make positive connections with people. And so I really had to answer their questions like, what were you thinking, Kerry, when you had this conversation or that conversation? <laughs> so it's been, um, yeah, a deep dive into the art and science of connection and how we build relationships and how we have fleeting connections and what we can do with that to make a positive difference in the world. 
Well, in your book, you speak about a process or a, a, a thing, something called asking. Yes. And so, so, so how does that, you know, what is that, you know, in, in a nutshell? And I guess, how does that help you connect with anyone anywhere? Yeah, well, I guess the, the word asking, you know, it's about curiosity and it's about permission. And if we have that approach to connect with people, and, and by permission, I don't necessarily mean, uh, excuse me, Rail, can I have a conversation with you? But we have these invisible moments of permission. You know, if I want to sit next to you on the bus, on a crowded bus, I look around and, you know, I might just look at you sort of expectantly and you might move your briefcase off the seat. Uh, there's that unconscious permission and you know and it can go as far as asking a question like you know oh can I ask you more about that and so that's the that's the name of the framework the asking model and because it's really important to be curious I think we can have our curiosity kind of beaten out of us <laughs> you know when we are brought up through the education system and and maybe early in our career we're told what to do and we're told how to do it and we can get in trouble for asking questions and we lose that sense of curiosity that we have as children when we wonder, why does it work like that? How does that work? So I want to encourage people to be curious. But asking is an acronym. So I might just go through the first couple. Uh, which is, quickly for us here. Go on. Yeah. Okay. So A is for awareness. So that's awareness of self and others. Because when we're busy, we can be completely uh, not self-aware or not aware of the others around us. And uh, that's been really interesting to see. Uh, you know, how that's shifted over the past year. Um, S is for starting small. So we, when we're embracing change, when we're trying to do something that we haven't done before, tackling a new goal, then it's really important to, to start small and celebrate the little wins. So what's small for me might not be small for somebody else. If you are already very confident talking to, um, you know, political leaders, for example, or education leaders or somebody that someone else might feel daunted by. We, we can't compare our start smalls with anybody else. You know, start small for somebody who feels, you know, really may, maybe a little out of practice of connecting with people, <laughs> could go for a walk in the neighbourhood and just smile and wave, say good morning, acknowledge somebody's garden and uh, it's just little small steps and you start realising, oh, I can do this. And when we have a great conversation with somebody, then we're inspired and energised to do more of that. But people often don't start because they're worried about what comes next. What if I say hello to a stranger and then I get into a conversation? Like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> so that can kind of stop people. So K is for keep going with quality questions. So quality questions are the kind that put a smile on someone's face that energise the conversation. And it's not complicated. It could be as simple as, uh, you know, with the starting small, you might acknowledge somebody's garden and say, you know, how much time do you spend each week? And it's a question that is acknowledging someone's effort and giving them some an opportunity to talk. Really opens up the conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we need to know that once we've started a conversation, if it is going too long and we need to get out of it, like you might feel about the podcast today, then you need to be able to just say something to wrap it up. And a great way to do that is to acknowledge, to say, wow, thank you so much for sharing. I, I need to go and, you know, do whatever the next thing is that you do. But we can extract ourselves politely and respectfully, which 
it, it does two things. One, it just gives the other person a gift, which is awesome. Um, but also it helps them to let go of you because they might be loving this conversation, but when you acknowledge them, they feel accepted, they feel acknowledged and so free to move on to, in their day also. But okay. I've seen that sometimes people keep talking because they, they're just craving acceptance and acknowledgement because they might not be getting it anywhere else. So that's just a beautiful gift that we can give people. That also creates the space for us to move on. So the K? Yes, so that's the, the K. Keep going. Yep. I, I, I'm getting ahead uh, of I, I is for interest in others. And I love this because it is something we can choose because we might not feel interested in others. You know, to be honest, you might get on a plane or a train or just be in the supermarket doing what you're doing and somebody wants to engage with you and you think, I don't have time for this, I don't care. But, you know, let's be honest, we've all had no, those moments. I don't talk to you at all, actually. <laughs> but what if we allow that curiosity that I mentioned earlier just to, to pause and to look them in the eye? And if we choose to be interested for just a moment, we could receive the most amazing gift or we could give them a gift or maybe it's mutual. But there's many times where I felt like I'm too tired, I just don't want to have a conversation with anybody and then I just give somebody a moment just to be respectful, just to acknowledge them as a human being. And they might say something and then I start getting intrigued and I think, wow, here's this incredible person that I could have just brushed aside as, you know, like boring or whatever. So, yeah, choosing that moment of choice to choose to be interested in others can be really quite powerful. Well, it's interesting. So my, we, we have a park um, near my house, so we, we often walk. It's got a four-kilometer walking track, and I go to there to walk, to exercise, to yep. see the fresh air. If, I, if my wife and I are walking together, I want to talk to her. I want to spend the hour talking to her. Yeah. Uh, but my wife will stop and compliment other people on their dogs and how cute they are, and I just – I actually don't have the headspace for those conversations. Um yeah. And, and maybe I should have, but she'll just stop and talk to random strangers. So she does talk to strangers, um, but with a commonality of we have two cute dogs. And so, you know, a lot of people comment on our dogs and so she'll well compliment them back and talk to them. Yeah. I struggle with that. How, how you know, you're, you're a coach and consultant as well. You know, take, you, you know, as, as the case study, how do you get me to, I'm interested in lots of things. So yeah. it's not that I'm not interested, yeah. but I, it's a different focus. I'm walking in the park for my own headspace, for my own exercise. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I totally relate to that because my husband and I do park run and I, I want to run. I, I, I don't run the whole distance, but I want to run and walk and run and walk. And so, you know, I might have some little interactions with people, but I, I do have that sense of achievement. <laughs> I want to do it. And he wants to just walk and really appreciate the nature and you know to say good day to people but you know you do keep moving and I think we, we marry our opposites quite often and we we do find ourselves with a different agenda to our partner and uh, sometimes I might go well let's um let's do one lap together where we just stay focused and do it fast uh let's choose to take the time you know or um see you at the end darling I'm, I just need to walk and think or I really want to talk to you today. Can we just like smile and wave and keep going? Like let, because you indicate to, to strangers as you walk past with the, your pace, you know, if it's a smile and wave, they kind of go, oh, yeah, and they realise that you're, you're still going. 
<laughs> but it's just about, you know, keeping that, um, you know, respect, that moment of respect, but it doesn't have to be long. And it is tricky when it's, um, you, when you're with somebody who has a different agenda and a different pace, but it's just about those um, honest conversations. How are we going to do this today? And are we both open to, uh, you know, a little adventure or a little, you know, submitting to the other person's ideas and agenda? Got to love Parkrun. Uh, I'm a big Parkrun <laughs> fan myself. So moving on through the model, the letter N, what's that stand for? <laughs> so that's natural confidence. And and I, I love this because people sometimes say, but I don't have natural confidence. I'm not naturally confident. But you are in certain respects. So when you see people completely being themselves, they might be, you know, singing. This really showed up for me in in the Philippines, right? So they love the message of Do Talk to Strangers. They tell me that they're really shy, that they want to connect with people. And I'm like, oh, you're shy. Uh, you do karaoke. You know, they love singing and they will stand up in front of a crowd of strangers, you know, or a crowd of friends, which can be very daunting also. I would find that confronting. Uh, but they're confident in that. So it's about noticing what is it that you do, whether it's cooking or, um, you know, making things, whatever. Who you are in that moment, you are confident. So what is it about that and how can you take that into other aspects of your life? So do you reckon, Kerry, that um, this natural confidence one is interesting because because of COVID, we've been cooped up at home and, uh, you know, people are starting to get out and network again now. And, in fact, a friend of mine said, I went out adulting yesterday. And I said, oh, really, what did you do? I went to a networking function. But she said it was really interesting. She felt that there were a lot of stilted conversations. And I wonder, have, have people's natural confidence eroded because of COVID, do you think? Have we yeah, lost our social skills? Anything that we are not regularly practising, you know, it's like muscles that atrophy. We're, we're losing our strength in different areas when we are not practicing those skills so a lot of people have shared that I've noticed it myself I've noticed it with other people and you know one of my friends pre-COVID was having conversations like most work days she was talking to people in seven different languages and we were talking about this uh, loss of social skills or you know confidence in connecting socially and she said yeah I've lost several languages over the last year now we know that she'll get back on the bike <laughs> so to speak and be connecting with those people again and, you know, might be a bit rusty. And so we, we do feel a little awkward, a little out of practice, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that because when we, let's say we're riding a bike, if you're with somebody who's a pro, you're going to say, I haven't ridden for years, so it might take me a bit to get going. And, and to acknowledge that to ourselves and not expect ourselves to be doing what we were doing a year ago so confidently and not thinking about it. Now we're actually aware and we're thinking about it and we're going, oh, this is awkward and maybe it's just easier to be at home in my pyjamas. But we know that there's great adventures on the other side of an awkward moment. So I have used the hashtag over the past few years, be okay with awkward, because that's the thing that people fear. It's like, oh, I don't want to go and introduce myself to somebody because, oh, that would just be awkward. But what's on the other side? You know, well, so, so, so social distancing, obviously the words of 2020 and looking like part of 2021, how, how is that social distancing or s theoretically social distancing, because Australia has sort of been yeah. pretty slack in that respect, 
how is that going to change the way we connect with strangers? Yeah, it, it does really change because I think everyone, again, is asking permission, like they're checking in, like, should we, you know, do the elbow? <laughs> are we tapping elbows or are we shaking hands? And, you know, I said to a friend yesterday, oh, my gosh, I was so excited when I arrived this morning. I just wanted to give you a big hug, but I don't know if you're allowed to do that here because, you know, different buildings have different rules. And But just having a conversation I think really helps. And and I think it just makes our eye contact and our words so much more important. Like we need to be conscious of others and like the fears that they might carry because we might feel like, you know, I'm in regional New South Wales. We haven't had a case here since um, April last year. And it, it's very, it's very much like normal life, except that we're not jumping on planes <laughs> you know, every second week. So we can be completely unaware, but we need to remember that other people might have, you know, sick family at home, people who are, you know, immunocompromised. And we just need to be aware that they might be more fearful than us or that we might be, you know, one of those ones that is like not touching anyone and other people are, you know, just throwing their arms around everyone. So again, it's just the, the eye contact gives us a, a bit of a cue or a clue. Are they moving towards me for a hug? <laughs> How do I feel about that? And, and just being um, very present in the moment. Okay, the final letter in, in, the, in the model, the G. Yeah, I love this. G is for gratitude. So we really can start and end with this and, and have it peppered through our conversation. But uh, So thank you for asking, Lindsay. <laughs> but it's, it's a, a powerful connector. When we say thank you to somebody, maybe nobody else has thanked somebody or acknowledged them for ages. So, you know, just think about the, the cafes that you go to. People might just say, you know, oh, thanks when they buy their coffee. But if you look at the barista in the eye, and you say, thank you, I love the effort that you put in, or, you know, you acknowledge their skill or something that, that says you actually have paid attention, you're in the moment. That kind of gratitude really, it, it sort of plants you in their mind. They're going to remember you. You go back to that cafe and they're like, oh, Lindsay, right? Short, flat, or, you know, short. <laughs> I have a short black. I'm just going to say flat white. But whatever it is, you make yourself more memorable when you express gratitude but you also are just far happier and a much better connector when you walk through life with a sense of gratitude. So, so when I am working through this, like in a workshop or, um, you know, or a course, then we're talking about gratitude from all different perspectives. Like how can you develop that habit of an attitude of gratitude? Is it waking up in the morning and, you know, listing three things you're grateful for? Is it taking time throughout the day? Is it, uh, I've got these beautiful little thank you cards that I get from a stationery shop here and you pop them open, they've got different quotes. And so I always have some of those in my bag and I might give one to a barista or I might just give one to a bus driver and say, you know, thanks for your efforts because we know that they would have had upset customers at some point and I want to, you know, add some more positivity to their world. So it's gratitude. A funny thing. It's a funny thing you mention. I, I used to own a cleaning business and so yeah. I cleaned commercial shops after hours, early hours of the morning. And if ever I walk past a cleaner and see them doing their job, yes. remember cleaners in our society are often regarded as pretty much at the bottom of the ladder. I always say, wow, you're doing a great job there. Thanks yeah. so much. And they go, like, what? Yes. You know, no one's, no one's ever thanked me for mopping the floor lately. Yes. Um, well, that's a little thing. 
That's very much like that story of, you know, the Apollo 11 launch where the cleaner at NASA was asked why he was so so diligently cleaning. And he said, because I'm part of the team sending the rocket to the moon. Yeah. You know, and, and so that that culturally, you know, extended to him in his cleaning. Kerry, I want to ask you as a, a, a question. A lot of the time we'll go to a networking function and people will, you know, We'll greet each other and, and talk for a few seconds. And then you get that awkward silence and somebody feels they need to fill it and start the sentence with the word I. <laughs> okay. Because we revert back to the thing we know the most about, which is ourselves. Yeah. How do we get people to break that habit and, and, and be continuously curious about other people? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think maybe thinking through some different questions that start with what or how. So, you know, what have you really been enjoying in your business lately? Because again, we want it to be a quality question. You know, we want to keep going with questions that put smiles on people's faces. So if we just say, how's business? We might go, oh, well, it's been pretty challenging. But, you know, what's been the best part of your week or um, what's your favourite part of building a business? Because we all have, you know, strengths and <laughs> really not strengths in different aspects. So to guide the conversation uh, in a very open way, but, but let's talk about things that energise people. So, uh, you know, what's working well for you? Or how do you, um, how do you approach looking for staff in this, in this um you know, season, where are you finding people? So questions like that. And and then you might add, you know, because I've found this, because your questions are going to come from you and you might want to share your experience, but I think that's a great thing to highlight. Let's start with putting the focus on the other person. Can I just go back to the NASA cleaner? Because I, I just loved that story. And what Lindsay's doing in acknowledging a cleaner is helping them to see. So that NASA cleaner could see that he's part of this amazing big picture. And I think when we acknowledge staff, because I remember, maybe it's in the book, acknowledging the cleaner at uh, a shopping mall here. And she just, every time I see it, she's just doing it with joy. And, you know, acknowledging her, you can see that then she's like, you know, three times the joy. Like, oh my gosh, it's been noticed. But to say, you know, you're part of an amazing experience for people. You know, thank you for what you do. You know, I always tell the Qantas uh, staff in the in the Qantas lounge, um, thank you for keeping the place beautiful. Then they realise and they might, although they are feeling like maybe not great at, about their job, they might shift to being in a place like that NASA cleaner who sees that my work actually counts. It's really important. Yeah, I think um, never miss an opportunity to pay a compliment is, is a, good, uh, a good lesson or a good learning. Yeah, that's tweetable. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Kerry, uh, we, we're almost done. We're almost out of time. If people want to get in touch with you, if they're interested maybe in buying a copy of your book, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Kerryphipps.com or any of the socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think that's about it. Okay, easy to find. There we go. <laughs> and yeah. remember, listeners, do talk to Kerry. She's not so strange after all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And Kerry, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, Rail, back to you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Kerry Phipps, uh, for joining us today on the Business Excellence Podcast. Thank you, as usual, to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. 
And a final reminder that if you want some downloadable resources that will help you on your journey to excellence in your business and your life, go to www.excellencepodcast.com and we'll, we will be signing off for this episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.